When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to Cheers. I'm your host, Avery Woods. Hi guys, welcome back to season two, episode one of the Cheers podcast. And I promised you guys David would be back for episode one. So here's my man. We have to pick up where we left off because where we left off, on our first ever episode of Cheers was we were officially dating and now we have 10 more years to catch you up on. So my sweet man's here. Thanks for being here. He has so much anxiety. I'm so stressed out. <laughs> being on the podcast. I feel like I got drug out of the house to be here. What? You act like I forced you against your will to be here. I mean, you guys kind of did. Oh my <laughs> God. People are going to be pounding on my door like, no, such no, a bad no, no. Wife. And this is my second cranberry vodka. Yeah. I- 10 in the morning to get through this okay speaking of cheers, cheers. i'm drinking a blue cheers. lagoon from black rock which you guys know i love because i need energy but david's drinking is it cranberry cr- vodka cran vodka. vodka i was gonna make mimosas but we didn't have orange juice or champagne so yeah because he needs to take the edge off a little bit because he gets so anxious being on camera so thanks for being here because i know you don't like to be here i'm happy to be here but if you want me to keep paying your bills and you got to show up <laughs> hey there's nothing wrong with that I, I know you're my sugar mama. Okay, so... I have no issues. We left off where you officially We're got official. my number. We were official, met at Starbucks, and then it was like three weeks after we were officially dating, and you were like, hey, you want to go to San Diego? Right, yeah. Did we have the the sit-down with your parents? prior to that trip or was that after no that was after we got to talk about that because that's hilarious yeah does mom and dad listen to this podcast probably oh god it's fine so they'll hear it from our perspective of what happened which (laughs) is super funny yeah um so you said hey i'm from san diego my grandparents live there would you want to go to san diego yeah a little weekend getaway yeah kind of to kick off our relationship officially and so i got onto groupon and i was trying to be a baller but i was broke so I found a deal. But that's still one of our favorite hotels you've ever stayed at. Yes. Yeah. Still that memory and that weekend was awesome. So uh, for Southern Californians or people who are familiar with that area, Humphreys, is it by the bay? By the sea? Humphreys by the bay. Something like that. Anyways, I found a Groupon for Humphreys. On Shelter Island? On Shelter Island. Yeah. I'd never been there. Being from San Diego, never hung out down there or anything. Been to Point Loma, but not to Humphreys. Uh, and so we took a little road trip to Humphreys, uh, for, I think it was a two night, two night stay or something like that. I remember I didn't have enough money, but you begged me to go to SeaWorld. And I, I said, no, absolutely not. (laughs) And it's funny because I remember, cause I was 18, maybe I just turned 19. No, I think you were 19 then. I I believe. No, this was in March. I turned... Oh, no, you're right. I was 19. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. He's taking me on a vacation 
I literally remember thinking, <laughs> God, he's so rich. No, and, I was so poor. Oh, it's so But cute. I want I wanted to take you to kind of uh, the most special place to me. San Diego's yeah. always been like ever since I was a child, I always told my parents and my grandparents, one day I'm gonna live here. I'm gonna move back to San Diego and um just loved that area. Spent every summer there with my grandparents. So it had a very near and dear place in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you to experience that. Um, just like later on in our relationship when you took me to Carpinteria and yeah. uh, Santa Barbara area. Yeah. But uh, this was like literally three weeks in a day. And we were walking down PB. OB, I believe. Oh, yeah. OB. Yeah. We went to Ocean Beach. So we, we went to Humphreys quickly realized shelter island doesn't have a lot of restaurants that we could afford yeah it was kind of resort style layout so i said hey let's go to ocean beach there is a burger place uh in ob i want to take you to where they have amazing shakes Mm -hmm. um and let's go walk the pier so we went to ob and this actually caught me off guard but i was like oh fuck it whatever this sounds fun to me but what oh i said do you want to get a matching tattoo yeah, you three said. weeks in a dating, and we're walking down, <laughs> and he was like, "Well, what are you thinking about getting?" And I was like, "I don't know. Let me look on Pinterest." And oh this was in 2014, and I was looking on Pinterest. And mind you, like I've said before, I've never been a religious person, and you never had a tattoo, and I'd never had a tattoo yeah, ever. And I decided to get one matching for my first tattoo with my boyfriend of three weeks. What a slay! And where did we get inspir- Where did you get inspiration? I from? looked on Pinterest and I found I'm the same die. tattoo that the fucking Jonas Brothers have. And God. I was like, "This is the one. God is greater than the highs and the lows." And I got it smack on my fucking rib cage where he like cut into me. Remember how much scar tissue he put on me? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because remember we're in Ocean Beach. Now, mind you, if people know yeah. about Ocean Beach, walking into OB a tattoo shop in of, OB is sketch as fuck. You, you have a 50 50 chance of what you're going to run yeah. into some very sketchy uh, individuals. Um, and I'm not, if anyone's listening to this that lives in that area, I'm not yeah. down. I love OB. No, to we death, do love OB. But uh, for walk in tattoos, probably wouldn't recommend at least 10 years ago. Yeah. However long that was, 11, 10, 11 years ago now. We go into a tattoo, a tattoo shop. And said, hey, we want to get matching tattoos. And I'm 99% positive the dude that we spoke to was methed out. Yeah, Like he was straight up tweaking. And uh, he said, okay, well, we're cash only, which thank God he said that because we probably would have ended up getting tattoos from him. And we said, okay, we're going to go to the ATM. We walked out of there and I said, we are not getting tattoos here. We need to go to another place. And then for some reason, we're like, oh, let's go to Mission Beach. That's going to be way better to find a tattoo shop. So we went over to Mission Beach. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was a good tattoo shop. It was, yeah. My tattoo turned out great. I don't know. Like you can see. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's hidden in my sleeve. It was funny because this was before he had any visible tattoos. The only tattoo he has is that he had at that point was on his rib cage. It wasn't even finished. So he literally got it in the middle of his forearm. And I got it on my rib cage. And remember, I didn't eat. So I yeah. almost fainted and he gave me a Snickers bar. Yeah. So I'm talking, actually, which is kind of funny. No, it's not your biggest tattoo because you have a bigger tattoo on your tricep now. Yeah. But your first tattoo, it probably was maybe 10 minutes of tattooing. But it was on my upper rib cage. That shit hurt. I love you. You're so cute. 
You have had an unfinished tattoo for like 15 years on your ribs because you said it was so painful. So valid. I don't That's actually shit. a valid point. I okay. All right. I take that back. I take that back. Tattoos yeah. on the rib cage. You are get cut open painful. when you have two kids. Yeah. Get your titty sucked on for a year and a half, and then try to poop after getting. What, a how are we? What? I'm just. How did we transition? Because you're shaming from a tattoo to getting boobies sucked and pooping. I don't because... understand what just happened. <laughs> I'm not shaming you. It was adorable. My Avery has, for people that don't know her, which all of you know a lot about my wife at this point, the highest pain tolerance I've ever seen in my life. Like this woman had a C-section and didn't take any of the medications that were given to her. In fact, they're still sitting in. We our, still have them. They're just sitting in, we our, have a in our medicine cabinet. We I probably, still have we, the oxygen. We probably should throw those me. away. Yeah. But um, it's hilarious to me that oh, someone who has the highest pain tolerance I've ever seen in my life gets a tattoo that took max ten minutes, and she straight up was like pale Light. as a ghost, about to pass out. I had to run across the street to a uh, little market to get her a Snickers yeah. because she needed sugar. I think it's because it was like in such a sensitive area on like my, it was like, it's like on my bra line. So if you yeah. can imagine yeah. how high yeah. that is and then not eating. And I think I also like really sketched myself out and was holding my breath because my first tattoo and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. But anyways. The whole was- point of that story is it's kind of ridiculous. Three weeks after being officially boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. we're in San Diego and we're getting matching tattoos. But hey, that's that's how it, it happened. Yeah. Um, and then we got home. Yeah. So and- we come home. Is that when is that when mom and dad came back from their road trip? Yeah. My parents were on a road trip and they came home and I was like, yeah, I'm moving in with this guy you've never met before. And I was 18. I'd only lived at home my whole life. And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I remember mom and dad came home. And this is before I'd ever met them. So mm-hmm. they weren't mom and dad to me at that time. And uh, you told me that your dad was furious with you, mm-hmm. like super mad. And I said, well, what's going on? Apparently, when they were gone, you were supposed to be taking care of their pool. Oh, yeah. And you neglected it. <sighs> And the pool was a swamp. It was like green. I didn't put chlorine tabs in or something. So I don't know. I don't know what totally happened. But immediately following this. So, of course, my father-in-law, he's already like a very type A personality. Everything has a place and mm-hmm. needs to be in its place. He's very structured, very routine. So to come home and the pool is green and it's going to cost him money to fix that. And I had one job. And you had one, one job. And one tab in a week. Right. And, and up <laughs> until that, up until this incident, which is an isolated incident, you're an incredibly responsible person. Oh, always have been. Yeah. Right. And I was always the good kid. So I think that caught your parents off guard. Yeah. And following their discovery, you're like, hey, by the way. Uh, I've been, seeing this, I've been seeing this guy that has two kids and is divorced and is a cop and I'm going to move in with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could totally see why mom and dad were basically, totally. they, they were pretty upset. Yeah. So and, they were like, he needs to come over. We're having yes. a sit down talk. Yeah. They tell, they said to me, you need to tell David where, or they said to you, you need to come over and we're going to have a sit down conversation. And yeah, I mean, so let's talk about that. That was kind of well, funny. Well, before that happened, my parents sat me down on the couch and my dad asked me, he goes, I'm going to ask you one question and that's going to determine where this goes. I said, okay, what's your question? And he said, are you in love with him? 
And I said, yes. And he oh. said, okay, then he needs to come over. We need to talk. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the first time you ever told me that. Yeah. So, because I think he was trying to be like, okay, is he like a fuck boy or are you like serious about him? Mm. And I told him I was in love with you. And so that's when you had to come over. I have never been more nervous in my life. I was pretty nervous, but at the same time, I was weirdly confident in the sense of I was okay with the conversation yeah. that I knew was about to happen. And my it, dad's only concern was that I was going to be financially taken care of. Cause he's like, if you leave my house, which I feel like people from the first episode probably catch on to this, but for those that don't know, like I bought my own car when I was mm-hmm. 16. I got a, started working on my 16th birthday. I paid for my own health insurance at 16, my own phone bill. Yeah. I was completely financially independent from my parents. I just lived under their roof for free. Um, Even in high school. Like I even yeah. paid for like volleyball and stuff. My parents always taught me how to work really hard and pay for my own stuff. Yeah. So me moving out my dad just wanted to make sure i was being taken care of because obviously he was the man of the house but if i was moving in with you you were now going to be the man of the house yeah he made that very clear oh yeah in in the sense of he said okay well uh are you are you ready to financially care for my daughter mm-hmm. and i kind of said well i'm already taking care of two kids and have a career and yeah. I'm established, so yeah, I have no issue doing that. And then I remember he said, uh, well, she's on our cell phone plan, so are you going to take over that? And yeah. I said, sure. Like, it was it was kind of comical to yeah. me. But I think he was just trying to reiterate, like, hey, like, again, this was, was Taylor in the military at that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this time. was like, this was a big deal. The Their baby of the house is leaving the nest and, mm-hmm. you know, the responsibility is being kind of handed off to me yeah. um, in the sense of not to say that, you know, I had to be the one to provide or anything, but there was an expectation that we were going to be able to be successful and take care of each other and, you know, yeah. take care of the kids and whatnot. And it was literally like within a week of that, you added me to your car insurance, you added me to your phone bill. And we then co- I was we, like, we opened a combined checking account. Well, that's, I said, when you added me to those, I said, well, I think it's kind of dumb if we live under the same roof and I have a job. I'm not going to like Venmo you every month. I was like, why don't we just have all of my checks be deposited into your bank account? Yeah. And so we went to Chase and we opened a combined account. That's just the way it's always been. And that was like literally a month into dating. Yeah, like a month. And a month people into thought dating, we yeah. were fucking crazy but i'm like i tell people all the time i'm like when you know you know like i literally knew i had no doubt in my mind and that was a decade ago yeah yeah we knew we knew and we've always just kind of been a uh, both of us are the type of personalities where we don't dip our toes into things we just kind of jump in head first and Mm -hmm. go for it and that's essentially what happened and you know it was all it all worked out and it was all for the best yeah Uh, well our first apartment was so cute it was a one bedroom, but it had like a little double door den. And yeah, that was where like the girls yeah. had a room. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was adorable. And I remember we would just like go down in jacuzzi all the time. We were like in our, our cute thing. little honeymoon phase. That is our thing. Jacuzzi. That, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if 
we were to talk to any of our friends or people that we are close to us that know about us on an intimate level, like we are all about the jacuzzi life. Oh yeah. Our Hot pool, water. Our pool's being worked on right now and it's been so fucking been annoying because we haven't had a jacuzzi all winter and we're like... That's like a prerequisite it's do? been for us no matter where we lived. When we had our home in San Diego, we bought a jacuzzi. We built a jacuzzi here in this house. Every apartment we lived at, we had jacuzzis. We yep. literally live for being in jacuzzis and you live for baths oh yeah which is the funniest thing because he's six five so his his knees like are all (laughs) scrunched up and hang out and like you have like one percent of your body in the actual water because you're so long you can't fit in the bath yeah but i love my baths i love my baths i just love taking showers and baths it's always been like a i know comforting thing for me which i actually read if you take really hot baths and showers apparently it means like uh, you like are yearning for attention or affection because it what? feels good. Yeah, I read that. I don't know if it's bullshit or I not. I give you so much attention. I know, I know. Affection. I'm just like, no, I think I just like hot water. David reads that and he's like, God, my wife sucks. I don't get any morbid. affection. This is more. No, you're always. I tried to bone affection. you last night and you literally turned me down. Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> I was drunk. I was drunk. We're not talking about last night. We're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. We're talking about. Uh, Anyways, uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, or whatever it was. Okay, so we had that apartment, and I was working at Starbucks, and I was doing my prerequisites Mm -hmm. for nursing school at Mesa Community College because I had a scholarship. And you were obviously working as a police officer, right? And we had the girls three and a half days a week. We had fifty-fifty custody. Mm -hmm. So it was like on the days that I wasn't working or wasn't at school, we were you know parents to the kids and then yeah we kind of had like two different two different lives if that's week. a way to put it because yeah. on the weekends uh the girls were with us and uh during the work week it was just you and i so mm-hmm. i was working swing shift i'd work till midnight and and then you would wait up and come home and we'd stay up till like two or three in the morning that's what's crazy is how much our lives change like i would wait up for you You'd get home at like midnight 30. We'd watch a show to like three, sometimes four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, then go to bed, get up at. Till like 11, 12. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Totally different life. Get up, go to the gym. Oh yeah. We also worked out twice a day sometimes. Yeah. We were pretty much gym rats. We love to be in the gym. Yeah. You were huge. <laughs> People don't realize that how big you were. Uh, you yeah. were a big daddy boy. I was, I was trying to bulk and be as big as I possibly could. And people in the gym would stop him and be like, "What are you doing, man? How much, how much protein are you taking in?" Oh, it was a, it was. How much are you curling? Whatever the fuck they say. Yeah. But I remember being so nervous. I'm like, why is everyone going up to him all the time? Well, we'd also get asked. People remember we were at uh, Santan Mall one time, and this guy comes up to me and he said hey what college do you play for oh yeah he thought i was a collegiate football player yeah that's stupid so dumb yeah you were like 200 i was i was almost 50 pounds heavier than i am now which is crazy without without an ounce of fat by the way yeah yeah very low you have whatever well what's crazy too is like your biological father is six foot eight he's he's 70 probably now uh let's see He's 32 years older than me, so what's that? Oh, God. He's going to be going to be 70. Yeah, going to be 70. Yeah, like but that. it's just crazy because like even at his age, 
and obviously he struggles with like substance abuse and isn't working out but like he is not in any way shape or form heavy so no, no. You just, he's six foot eight like 260 pounds yeah he's a very just large human you being. have the best genetics and i hate you so much for that and i just hope it carries into our children it probably will if you look at Ziggy, how skinny he is. He's just a long, with my huge butt, little string. Nah, he's kind of thinned out. Stevie has yeah, the Ross booty. That's sure. true for sure. Definitely. Okay, we need to move on to the rest of our relationship because we have so much to talk about. Okay, so let's see. We moved to a few different apartments because there were times where you were courtesy patrol. Yeah, so you'd get like a free apartment. Money. Yeah, and then I finally got into nursing school. Yep. And that was in 2016. We were were dating for like a year and a half, two years at that point Mm -hmm. already. Yeah. And we had gone through like ups and downs in our relationship. Of course. But I I mean, it's it's also very different. Like we didn't start traditionally. You had two kids. I was much younger. We were like figuring out our lives together. And we also Mm -hmm. merged our lives very early into our relationship like within a month we were living together yeah our bills were combined all the things but i mean i know that we knew we wanted to be together i also think you had a lot of growing and maturing to do because Mm -hmm. for sure you were already divorced Mm -hmm. at such a young age and had two kids so we kind of had to figure our shit out for our first couple years before we decided like yeah we want to get married yeah yeah and so you went into nursing school and I was working a ton because you were trying to, you know, play double duty, going to nursing school as well as working at Starbucks. And that just wasn't working out. It was it was too much of a stress load for all of us because mm-hmm. you were so busy, which in turn made you stressed out, which made me stressed out. Um, and so we figured it would be better uh, for me to pick up extra jobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I worked additional hours. Um so that way you could leave Starbucks and just focus solely on on doing nursing, which yeah, ended up I... being the best best for us i worked my first semester in nursing school at starbucks but then semester two was when clinical started Mm -hmm. and that's when we were like okay this is going to be a lot right because also on my days off of school i was like we were taking care of the kids yeah so it's like i needed to study and prep for my exams because obviously anyone in nursing school knows how difficult nursing school is and so david would work his four 10 hour shifts a week Mm -hmm. and then he would pick up off duty jobs like twice a week so he was lucky if he had one day off a week he worked so much right in order for me to quit my job which is funny that so many people get so weird about gender roles and like Mm. how how i make much more money than you and i i just don't understand that because in my eyes that time of our life like our lives would not be where they're at and i would have never been able to graduate college and become a registered nurse if you didn't work your ass off to put me through school it doesn't matter about a number it's just it's your combined life yeah we've never i think been had a relationship where we defined like the traditional gender roles where I'm the primary provider and you're the primary caregiver for like kids and stuff like that. But I think throughout our relationship, there's been times where I've been the primary provider and then you've been the primary provider. It's Mm -hmm. just like an ebb and a flow. There's no, there's no you and I, there's an us and whatever 
whatever is the need of our, you know, family unit and whoever can fill that unit to the, is what, is what we do. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're in a place in our life now we're jumping back and forth, but whatever we're in a place now where you're the primary family provider and I'm starting to take on more of like a caregiving role, which is awesome. I like, I love it so much. Um, and it's just, we ebb and flow as to whatever is needed for our relationship. And that at that time, that's what was needed. Um, and funny enough, even though I was working more and that was stressful in itself, but it provided, it provided more, it provided less stress for us at home Mm -hmm. and more opportunity for us to be together and, um, to, you know, provide for the kids and everything like that. That was in what year? 20... 2016. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So 2016 is a big year for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the year we got married. Yeah. And the year you proposed. We yeah. were engaged for one month. Was it only one month? Yeah. You proposed the day after my birthday. And no. Yeah. You proposed the day after my birthday. So it was April 20th. And we got married June 1st. Right. So a month and a week. Month I remember months. the June first, April twentieth. Not a uh, not a date that you know. Because is, I is remember <laughs> I turned twenty one, and ah yes, I thought, okay, you're right. I thought you were going to propose on my birthday, but of course you did the fucking day after. Oh to well, throw here, me off. well here's the deal. Let's talk about that because I was planning, uh, like not an elaborate proposal, but for some reason I thought like, oh, I need to do a proposal where I have a photographer and a videographer that's like hidden in the background Mm -hmm. and they're going to take photos and, you know, catch the moment and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, I don't remember the exact time frame prior to me proposing, but I remember we had a conversation where I think you knew a proposal was coming and you told me, you said, whatever you do, please do not propose in public. I want it just to be for you and I. Yeah. And I want it to not be an elaborate thing. Yeah, I get embarrassed And I thought to myself, what the hell? Like, this is not what I expected at all, but okay, that makes yeah. it easy. Well, so, I knew because we had gone to Michael's Creative Jewelry and talked about the ring design that I wanted. Oh, okay. So I knew right, it was yeah. coming yeah. soon. Right. But yeah, it was, we celebrated my birthday I turned 21 and then the next day we went and got ice cream or something and came back to our apartment. I was sitting, I was sitting at the counter at the counter on the barstool in my bra and underwear on my computer doing something for nursing school. And you literally come down beside me and you were like hugging me, mm-hmm. but you were like shaking. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? Like I'm in my underwear. Is he trying to have sex? <laughs> And then all of a sudden I felt behind me, like behind my back, like you fidgeting with something. And then all of a sudden you pulled out that box and I was like, holy fucking shit, it's happening. Yeah. It was crazy. I don't remember what I said. Will you marry me? You said something like, I love you, Avery Elizabeth Ross. That was my maiden name. Yeah. Will you be my wife? Oh, and that was it. And I said, yeah. And then remember I put the ring on. I was jumping up and down all over the apartment. I was so excited. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was yeah. so special. Yes. I still so have those special. photos that we like took. Like it's so it's such a different world. Like nowadays on social media, like that's such a big event. But I'm so glad that was just like our special moment, you know? Yeah. Because no one, stuff like that, you didn't really do for like cameras or content. You just, you just did it because you're happy and you're in love. 
And yeah. I love that we yeah. have that. Yeah, I think it was different because the focus wasn't like... For a show. Yeah, documenting it or, you know, making sure we capture these things to be able to show other people or it's just something for mm-hmm. you and I. And that's, you know, something that only you and I can visualize and picture no one else knows truly what it was so that's yeah, special that's a special, special thing for sure and for then sure. we were kind of talking about a wedding yeah and we went and looked at a wedding venue that i liked and in chandler in chandler yeah yep but when we were adding everything up i was like we're gonna have to open credit cards like my parents said, we have X amount of money and a college fund for you. You can use it for a wedding, but then you're going to have way more student loans. Mm-hmm. And I left that decision up to you. Yeah. Because I remember that conversation that was had was when we looked at everything and I was totally fine with and wanting like a wedding. And um, when we looked at the financial aspect of it and talked to family and everything like that, because your parents had said there was, you know, some, some money available for that. Uh, I just said, whatever, whatever you want to do, because I think it was, Hey, do I want to pay for nursing school or do I want a large wedding? Mm-hmm. And I said, that's your decision, honey. You can, you, you make that decision on what you want. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just get married in a courthouse. <laughs> so we got married for $75 in a courthouse. Yeah, we got Oh my god. I, and there's like for people who get married in courthouses, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But I've seen photos of there's a lot of really cute courthouses around this country. We went Arizona to West, sucks. Arizona sucks with courthouses. West Mesa in the ghetto. And I was in class all day. Yep. And I was in my scrubs, didn't own anything white. I went to Ross dress for less. We were so poor. I got a sundress for eleven ninety nine. Didn't even try it on. Did I even dress up? I don't even remember. I don't remember. We don't have any photos. There's no photos Not of it. One There's photo nothing. Of us nothing. And so And we waited in line. I was in the car in the parking lot in my blue scrubs, changed into that dress in the car without even trying it on. I remember putting it on. There was a huge rip in the seam, like right under my armpit. Oh and I was like, God. well, fuck. That's what <laughs> I'm wearing. That. And then I get out of the car and you're like, hi, like all excited. And we walked in and it was 6 one I remember that's why we picked it. Because I was like, that's a cool date. Yeah, we thought June that was 1st, a cool date. That was a cool date. We walked in. Our friend Colin. What's up, Colin? We love you. Was our uh, witness. Yep. And he's still a good friend of ours. I love him so much. He lives in Washington now. But uh, yeah, we walked like, in. And Hey, do you want to be our witness at our marriage? <sighs> I worked at Starbucks like, with him. Go now. to dinner after or something. I worked at sure. Starbucks with him and now he's a PA. Yeah. Um, we, just, we just we just need a couple people here. To, I know. To I was like, I just need you to sign the paper because I just really got to get this out of the way. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we were married, and then we went went home. I don't even remember who the judge was. I don't remember what he looked like. And we didn't even have a wedding band for me, so we went to the mall, and I got a ring from Pandora for like 50 bucks. Oh, my God. You're right. And it within like six months, it it was so tarnished and green. So I finally just got a wedding band made like two months ago. 
Oh yeah, you haven't had a wedding band for I've never ever had, yeah until so, literally not even two months ago, like a month yeah. ago is when you got your ring redone. And I was like, yeah, band. no, I'm doing the three carat eternity band. I deserve that. Thank you. You do deserve that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you bought that for yourself. So it's just funny because it's it's just so different. And I'm like, God, I remember walking in that courthouse, and I was like, okay, this is what it is to get married. We're getting married right now in mm-hmm. a dingy moldy courthouse yeah that basically was a trailer no, with like literally. a judge who we've never seen in our lives and yeah there were people before us and after us getting married as well i know shit we would it would have been a better wedding if we drove to vegas literally like that's how bad it was i know but Whatever. that's what we that's what we wanted to yeah, do we and, did it uh you know and it worked f- out. fun fact fun fact reference that which we kind of reminisce on a little bit is my grandparents were married in a courthouse almost the exact same way because mm-hmm. grandpa my grandfather was getting ready to get deployed and they met three days prior they yep and before he left he they were like well should we get married yeah and they were like we just knew we just knew that yep. we were going to get married and they were and, married for 73 years yep no matter what passed. happened or what we were going to deal with in life we were gonna mm-hmm. we just knew we were going to be together and they got married in a courthouse very similar in fashion yeah. to kind of what happened to us literally when you know you know yeah so then yep. after that Went through nursing school and I graduated nursing school December and the February of that year. So we were married for like seven months. Mm -hmm. David's grandfather started getting really sick and his grandmother was also. She was really sick. Really sick. Like she was on her way out. And we found out that his grandparents caregiver was not taking good care of them there was some elder abuse going on some Mm -hmm. money missing yeah so we were going back and forth to san diego quite often once or twice a month once or twice a month to kind of check in we found like drug paraphernalia in the house Mm -hmm. just like bad stuff and so david's family was like hey would you be willing to take a leave of absence from work and take care of grandma and grandpa full-time yeah, the conversation. So we went to San Diego for, we would visit with my grandparents a lot. Um, I think we touched on it in the first episode, just how much more they are like my parents than they yeah. are grandparents to me. And uh, so we were visiting with them and it was actually you and I think your mom mm-hmm. that ended up discovering um, meth pipes meth pipes, and other drug paraphernalia in the house, as well as some stuff that alerted me to... Uh, some fraudulent activity that had happened on my grandparents' account. And when I started looking into that, it ended up being stuff that, you know, was criminal in nature that had to be addressed by San Diego PD and, and whatnot. And they did a great job with all of that. But it fell on the family members because my grandmother, she was passed at that point, right? Yeah, grandma, grandma had yeah, passed away. She, she passed the same month that you... Yes. Moved down. And so, uh, and then it was just my grandfather. And um, the conversation was had between myself and the other family members of, hey, what's going to happen to my grandfather? And uh, we had talked about assisted living communities. But my grandfather always said, I want to live in my house. And I'm going to live in this house until I pass away. Whether... You want to take care of me as family 
or I need to hire private caregiver caregivers, I will do whatever it takes for me to be in my home. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to change mm-hmm. that. And, uh, so we talked about it and I communicated with my, my employer and, and was able to uh, qualify for an FMLA leave for for leave to take care of him because of kind of the circumstances about our relationship and my upbringing. And we made the decision while you were in nursing school that we would be long distance and I would take care of him in mm-hmm. California until you graduated. Um, which that was roughly, was it more than half a you year? Left, no, you left in February. I didn't graduate and moved to San Diego until almost January. Okay. So roughly so a year. So it was year. like almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. So it roughly a year that I was in California and Avery was in Arizona going to nursing school. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of a, a crazy year for us because, one, we had been married for how long? Six, seven months. Yeah, not very long at all. And now we're having to live long distance. It was a big change with um, the girls. Uh, just everything was kind of turned upside down. But we really felt that it was the right thing to do. And I really felt impressed upon myself that hey for how much my grandparents have taken care of me my entire life I need to step up at this point and I Mm -hmm. need to be that caregiver and that person for my grandfather um not to say that it was easy by any means um David was literally the best caregiver my parents still talk about it like he was because obviously I had so much respect for it being in nursing school too and like doing clinicals and assisted living communities. But I mean, David was taking him out every day to the beach, giving him showers, in the shower with him, putting lotion on him, getting him dressed every day, making all his meals, going over the stock market to keep his mind going (laughs) because he loved trading stocks. Like David was so good with him. I love my grandfather. I love that man. He's the greatest guy. And uh, people who have followed you for long enough know that uh, where we are in our lives right now probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for what grandma and grandpa gave to us um in the in the sense of like in in full transparency we inherited the house um that they lived in and that really set us up financially to be able to you know do the things that you're doing now and also just to give us a sense of comfort um, and that we're not, you know, strapped to, mm-hmm. you know, traditional, having to work traditionally, different things like that. But yeah. Um, so in that year, I think I took like 46 flights. Oh, it was insane. So it initially started, I wanted you to come out once a month. Mm-hmm. And fi- it was also I know- my responsibility to get the girls because they were living here in oh Arizona. So it was, an amazing role, yeah. I was a full-time nursing student, five days a week, plus clinicals, two 12-hour shifts, plus studying. Also, I got the perfect attendance award. I did not miss one single class for two years of nursing school. I did yeah. not miss one day. Yeah. Not one clinical I never failed a class. And then it was my responsibility, too, to take the girls back and forth to and from San Diego, either by flying or driving. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely stepped up. And that's kind of like what I touched on earlier. It's like there were periods of our lives where I was doing a lot to Mm -hmm. allow you to be able to do something. And then definitely during that period of time, you stepped up and you took on that role of, you know, the caregiver and making sure that we were able to have a strong relationship with the girls, bringing them to California while I took care of grandpa while still going to nursing school. 
um, it, it was it was definitely a very stressful uh, stressful time for everyone for us for my grandfather for the kids mm-hmm. um, but we just knew it was the right thing to do and it was the thing that we wanted to do um, yeah grandpa just wanted to be in his home and he loved us so much he just wanted a full house like he loved yeah. all of us there so much it yeah. made him so happy yeah so initially we talked about you coming out to california once a month and then maybe depending on how busy we were or how busy you were you drive you know down uh, in between at mm-hmm. some point but it got to the point as the months drug on that my grandfather would want avery there so much he just was like she just needs to book airfare every weekend i want her back she needs to come back when's avery gonna be here? he's my man like he just loved having you in the house and and because you just brought that warm Mm -hmm. kind of warm homeliness and and made it more of a home instead of two dudes eating lean cuisines literally i would come back like every week and i'm david's like looking more and more respectfully homeless like his beard was so big i was like are you good like when's the last time you left the house he's like i did i I know well you finally got it down with grandpa because he it scared him to go out to the car because he was legally blind from glaucoma and he was also pretty much deaf so and could barely walk he had to have a walker yeah so it was really hard for him to get in and he's a big man big man 230 pounds 240 he's a big dude six foot over six feet tall yeah so we we finally got it down eventually how to get him in the car safe safely and he just wanted to go to the beach but he wouldn't want to get out of the car so we just cracked the window so he could smell smell the ocean and feel the breeze yeah and he would just be so happy in there yeah just sit in the in the car for hours at the beach yeah loved it well and then i found out that mission beach has the beach uh, wheelchairs yeah they're like big inflated yes wheels love that. and so i would put him in that wheelchair and wheel him up and down the beach mm-hmm. and uh it's so funny there's so many we could probably talk for hours about grandpa oh he's the best um, like a little background on him he was a world war ii veteran he was in pearl harbor he was on the ship next to the arizona that went down uh, the stories he would tell about pearl harbor and his experiences in world war ii and everything he did in the navy are are amazing him and my sister really bonded on that because grandpa has a book that david has now handwritten over his 20-year career in the navy every single place that he went the date and it's all in pencil yeah yeah he would just talk and so we would sit there and we would talk about all of his war stories and everything and he would talk to avery about all of his life experiences and things that he did with my grandmother well what's crazy Um, sorry to interrupt but i feel like his story of how he got in the Navy is insane to me because he was pulled out of school in elementary school because he grew up on Mont- in Montana on a farm and his parents needed him home to help on the farm. Mm-hmm. He would say that they had an outhouse like half a mile down just to go to the bathroom. They'd have to trench through the snow. Yeah. And then he is like 16 and he oh. doesn't know what he's going to do with his life. He couldn't read. He could not read. And he goes to join the Navy. He lies, says he's 18, but he couldn't read. So they made him a storekeeper. Mm-hmm. And he was so good at playing cards. He was like gifted in poker. He was a poker player. Yeah. And he would sell things like cigarettes and alcohol on ships, ships yeah. and make a ton of money and send it home to grandma. And then started getting really good on the stock market, bought that nursery in San Diego so he went from not even being able to read, join the military, and he died a multimillionaire. Yeah. 
just insane. Yeah, that the story. American dream. The American sure, dream. For sure. Coming yeah. from Canadian born to his mm-hmm. parents bringing him into America illegally. Yeah. To live with family friends growing up on that farm, like you said. He is truly family. the hardest worker and like that kind of stuff you could never get away with nowadays. It doesn't work oh, like that. No. no. But like the stories he would tell us how he would go, you know, buy a new Cadillac every time it came out in cash and mm-hmm. go to the store and surprise grandma with a brand new fur coat. Like fur coats back yeah. in the 50s, that shit would be worth like 30 grand now. Just yeah. expensive stuff. But he just would spoil the shit out of her. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But also just, he was always just so giving and caring. So giving. And all he cared about was that his family was going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And which impressed upon me that it's my turn or it's our turn to take care of him. Yeah. Um, which was probably the hardest, what was it, a year? Yeah. Two, almost two years? No, I you left exactly. in February and he passed in February. Oh, that's so right. It was exactly the night of his birthday. Yep. Yeah. The night before his birthday. So the most difficult year of my life. But like if I could go back and relive that year, I would do it a hundred times over just to spend that time with him because it was so special. Um, But you graduated nursing school uh, and came out in, was it January, right? I graduated nursing school in December. Mm -hmm. And then I came out. You came out and Mm -hmm. we officially relocated to San Diego. So we were officially there. And we took care of grandpa until he passed away. Uh, and Which a little story about that. He was 97 and mm-hmm. probably like a week or so before he passed. Because he was officially on hospice then. So he was in and out due to medications to make him comfortable and right. on some oxygen. And he goes, I am going to be so pissed if I make it to 98. He was ready to go. Yeah, he was ready. And grandma had been passed for about a year and they were just like, I mean, he would sleep next to her at like he had a little wooden box with her urn in it with a picture and he would just like put his hand on it and talk to her all the time. And he was like, I'll be, I'll be so pissed if I lived in 98. And it was the night before his birthday, which this was also really crazy because he would say all the time because David was the last woods family member biologically and so if david didn't have a son the woods family would be done oh god he's always like you have to he's like you have to have a boy you have to carry on the woods and i was like okay grandpa well like we'll see and we were waiting for me to finish school before we started trying for a baby because we had been married for almost two years at that point and the night before his birthday we're in the living room and he his hospital bed was in the office he was sleeping and all of a sudden we heard him take like really deep breaths Mm -hmm. and you go and you're like babe i think like this is it Mm -hmm. and then we held his hand (laughs) i remember you said it's okay grandpa we're here and then you just let out one more breath and that was it and the next day we found out i was pregnant very next day yeah so it was just like so meant to be because it was like i was already pregnant i just didn't know it yet and the fact that it was a boy which is why ziggy's middle name was jackson for grandpa Mm -hmm. and then that was it but it was exactly what he wanted and he was so comfortable and i had 
seen so much death already like working in nursing and so did you and i was like this is the way it's supposed to be like he passed so comfortably in his home in his home which is all he wanted and so did grandma and it was just like such a good thing that you were able to be there his last year of life you know yeah and he was so happy and he was so grateful and then after he passed when we found out that he left us his home because we went in the meeting with all the lawyers and stuff of like the trust and we just couldn't believe it you know yeah and that really changed our life forever so yeah it really did it really did it was uh, i don't even know how to put it into words i don't want to start crying myself yeah it was it was the fact that he lived to 97 you know almost 98 we'll just always try to carry on that legacy for our kids and talk to them about him like we we talk to ziggy about him all the time Mm -hmm. you know we have all his navy pictures and yeah show him pictures of the ships he's he was on and stuff yeah ziggy loves that type of stuff Uh. well now i (laughs) fucked up my makeup scotty's crying too all right we, we took a brief intermission because yeah had, we took a little break i had to pee and avery had to refresh herself yeah i needed to wipe my tears away i did not expect <laughs> to cry i just don't i haven't thought about that day in a long time but i just yeah. loved him so much he was like my angel yeah we had a really close relationship so after um, after he passed you we went through a really hard time because we, were broke as a joke i was pregnant you were trying to transfer all your credentials from working as a police officer in arizona to now san diego because you weren't able to work while taking care of grandpa and then i failed my nclex twice it took me three times to pass which you have to wait a month between taking the test right and and you've talked about this before when people have asked about your nursing career and Mm -hmm. and what you've gone through with nursing and people who you know, talk about passing on the first try. Um, it wasn't that way for us. Mm-mm. And uh, we also had a lot going there on was in our personal life. A lot going on in our lives. Um, I, so I had to go through quite a bunch of loopholes to get my uh, police officer certifications transferred to California. That took almost six months to get mm-hmm. done. Um, just with waiting and getting appointments scheduled and, well, and then plus, continuing education. Plus, once it was transferred, you then had to go through the hiring process yep. through different departments, which is like polygraph, drug tests, interviewing family members. I mean, they even have to call his ex-wife. Yeah, full background investigation has to be done for each department mm-hmm. that is potentially looking at me. And I tested with a bunch of different agencies. I was just trying to get hired to get a job. And it was a weird time, too, because... I wasn't stuck on, oh, I have to only work as a police officer. I remember going out and applying like Walmart, Home Depot. Target, Home Depot. I wasn't getting calls for yeah. shit. Like, he couldn't I couldn't even get an interview it. at Walmart. That's yeah. how broke we were. And I was like, we need some sort of work. And mm-hmm. I was the only person working at that time during my first trimester of pregnancy with Ziggy because um, I finally passed my NCLEX and then I had to trans I took my NCLEX in Arizona by the way so then I had to transfer my license to California mm-hmm. which if anyone works as a nurse in California knows how long the state board of nursing takes right so I had to work on a temporary license for 11 months 
and I did like you did like weird outpatient stuff weird with homeless outpatient people. stuff with with VA like people yes, that were yeah. homeless yep so I was pregnant going to these like really sketchy places and right. you were like um this is not safe this is not safe there but, were some places you had to go in downtown money. san like, diego we, yeah where you had to have security escort you yeah through the homeless shelters because you were doing it was it, it was, was like, like helping screenings. people get onto like va screening or yes. something if i remember correctly yeah um but we were we literally had zero money to the point that, like, I qualif- we qualified for food stamps, yeah. and we went on to food stamps. Yep, we were on food stamps. Um, just so we could have enough food, so we could get food, because yeah. we had no money at all. Yeah. And we reached out to your parents, and, and we they were helped so, us out. We also were so grateful, because we, after Grandpa died, we found out we inherited the house. So we didn't have to pay a mortgage, which was Correct, the biggest yeah. blessing. But we also didn't have any liquid assets to pay for things like food and groceries for us and the girls. And Utilities. Yeah. And we still had sort of stuff. And we still were responsible for paying child support. Child support. You know? Plus, we were dealing with litigation with the family trust. So we, we had to retain an yep, attorney. We had to sell our it car. Was, oh we had to God. sell my car. So I yeah. had no vehicle. Yeah. Um, and I remember I went to like some super sketchy used car lot. And I was just like, give me anything for this car. Yeah. Like literally anything at all. Because we just needed money. Mm-hmm. That's And I think people have seen too um, on your TikToks, this was this last year when you bought me the guitar. Mm-hmm. This was also during the time when like I I was literally selling anything and everything that I could. Well, and I, like one of my prized possessions was my, two, my guitar, two, two guitars. guitars. And I went and I sold those just because we didn't have any money at all. And you, and you were super me. upset about you it. You didn't tell me. I said, can you, can you play guitar? We'd oh, sit yeah, on the patio. Yeah, we'd sit out on the back patio. Our, our yeah. house in San Diego had an amazing view. It was so and beautiful. And one of our favorite things to do would be to sit out on the back patio. We had a little, like, fireplace out there. And we'd have a fire, and I would play guitar, and we'd just sit there and relax. And That was what we would do when I was the time. pregnant with Ziggy. And then I was like, can you play? And he was like, I don't have my guitars anymore. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I sold them. Yeah. We don't have money for groceries. I went to a pawn shop in PB. And I was so upset. Because I think I was, I wasn't upset at you. I think I was just so sad because I knew how much it meant to you, those guitars, which is why when I was able to go buy you back your guitar. Yeah, that was a big deal. That was like emotional for me as well. A big full circle moment. Yeah. Because it's like, those are things that are. Like my grandpa would always say, is it a want or is it a need? Yeah. And uh, it was definitely a want. It wasn't a necessity in our life. And the necessity in our life at, at that time was paying the bills and keeping a roof over our head. And so yeah. I had something that I could sell pretty easily for a fair amount of money. So I had to do that. Yeah. For us and and I, I'm so grateful for that year because I feel like the little things meant the most. Like I remember going in my first ob appointment we had no health insurance like we have been through so much like we i am so grateful for that year because i learned how to cook so well because we only had x amount of food stamps for ingredients so i was penny pinching and we would go to that one grocery store where everything was in bulk but super cheap gosh what was the name of that place i missed that that was awesome i can't remember it was really good but I would like look on Pinterest every day for new recipes because I mean we weren't even we couldn't even afford to go to McDonald's and yeah buy stuff on the dollar menu like yeah. we were so broke we Wait, also we... didn't want to leave because we didn't want to pay for gas 
We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't drive down to the beach yeah. because we didn't have enough money to keep gas in the tank. And we didn't have enough money to work. Like, I, I just think about it now, just reminiscing on this and thinking about it. And I know a lot of people, and I'm sure people who follow you are just from comments I've seen. And you talk to me about your followers and stuff that are going through the most difficult times of their lives. Um, like, we understand that. We've been there. Yeah. We have definitely been there. But, you know, I'd encourage those people to you know, continue working hard and, you know, there, there is always something better on the horizon. And yeah. if you just keep pushing and, you know, keep those loved ones close to you and work hard. And yeah, if you have purpose, you will, you will get out of it yeah. at some point. Um, not to say when you're in the thick of it, these words may fall on deaf ears because totally. that's a lot of, a lot of people even said that to us, Hey, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through this like, when we were living you. in it. Literally, that's literally how we felt. Because we were like, we're was, struggling. Help us. We were struggling so, yeah. so, so, so hard. Now, we never went to bed hungry. Yeah. We never. We could have had it way didn't worse. Didn't have a roof over our head. For sure. Totally. We could have had it way worse. I'm not saying we were in some dire situation, but um, we were definitely in a place where we had to be smart and strategic and the the nice things of life were not available to us. Yeah. We weren't going out and seeing movies. We weren't yeah. eating out. We weren't, you know, we would sit on the ground in the living room with a coffee table with like some homemade meal, like Zupa Toscana that I would make. And we just watched the office. Like that was our little date night. And I was and so it's like pregnant. All we did, yeah. And Take I remember walks. I could barely like sit on the ground because my, stomach was so yeah. big with Ziggy it would hit the coffee table yeah and then take walks and, and walk I was like and, and now we have to have a baby and pay for all this shit thank god I made so much breast milk we would have never been able to afford formula very true and then you finally got hired at a police agency yep literally like three weeks before I gave birth yeah so you had no time off yeah which was I mean we're not religious people but if there's something out there in the universe Thank you for watching out for us because yeah. we got medical insurance and we, for your entire birth, I think it was $20. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, so cheap. When we just said, Hey, well, prior to getting this, we're like, I guess we're just going to finance and we're going to make it work. It is what it is. And we, I got hired insurance all kicked in and we paid basically nothing Yeah, like a McDonald's meal for, yeah. For a C-section, which is crazy because here yeah. in Arizona, we paid like, I think it's like 11000 It was expensive. For my yeah. C-section with Stevie. Yeah, yeah. We were definitely very fortunate <sighs> in that situation. Um, but yeah, so I was, I finally got employed. Uh, I was working in Carlsbad as a police officer. Um, but again, anyone who knows California, it was, it was difficult for us in the sense of that we lived in San Diego, mm -hmm. which is only... I think it was 30, 40 miles commute each no, way. No, we, we, it was like 28 miles. Yeah, I can't remember the exact mileage, but it would take me an hour and a half each way. Sometimes longer. Yeah, to get to and from work. And I worked 12 hour shifts. Yeah. So when I was working in Carlsbad, I was basically gone for the entire day. When I worked during my work week, I was non existent at home because I would come home, I would go to bed, mm -hmm. I would get up, I would go to work. And, we were really, really lucky that um, uh, a coworker of mine um, said, hey, you should look into getting a nanny from Mexico. That's yeah. a thing. And I said, I've never even heard of that. I don't know what this is. He's like, yeah, you're going to pay next to nothing. 
it's actually benefiting them um, from the families from Mexico a lot because they're making way more money. Well, you forgot the fact of why we needed to do that was because I worked full-time night shift Oh yes, yeah. at Rady Children's, full-time night shift, and it was two shifts on, one off, one on, two off. It was like crazy schedule. And you were then, working graveyards. Yeah, and then right. David worked 4 a.m. to 4 p.m., mm-hmm. so there was a chunk of time where no one was going to be home with our baby. Yeah. And so we needed someone to like literally live in our house four days a week. And we had no family close to no us. No family. We had really made no friends yet. We weren't yeah. really established at all. Uh, and so we reached out to this nannying agency that was in Tijuana. And uh, found Rosie. Yeah, found Rosie. They said, they, they put us on a Zoom call and they said, okay, we're going to have this interview with your potential nanny. She doesn't speak any English. We're going to translate for you and see if you're a good fit. And we had this interview, which wasn't very long. No. She was nice and sweet. And she said she cooked clean and took care of a bunch of kids. And we said, perfect, you're hired. Yeah. And that was quite an experience for us. She was incredible. We miss her so much. We, We tried so hard to take her here, but it was so difficult because she's not a U.S. citizen. So there was like a lot of work visa issues that could happen. But I mean, she would do all of our laundry, cook our meals, took the best care of Ziggy. I learned so much Spanish when she, when she worked for us. Rosie was the best. She'd always make, what did she always say I was? Or she'd always say something about. Muy guapo? No. About the way I ate or something. I can't remember now. Oh, I can't. Oh, that you didn't eat enough. Yeah, I ate like a boy. Yeah, she would like always that. try to like shove so much food down your throat because she's like, you're too skinny. It was so funny. It, it, this woman was wild. She was like a superhuman because I would Incredible. come home from work. I would take my uniform off and like put it in the laundry basket. And then she was making dinner at that time, like homemade, authentic oh, Mexican the food. The best. That would she literally would blow your socks off. She would write us a grocery list every week when yes. she left. So when she was gone for three days, she'd come back and we'd have all the ingredients. Her grocery lists were all in Spanish. So yeah. we would have to like go like look up like, what the fuck does this mean? I couldn't speak a look of Spanish, yeah. but I knew the grocery store for sure yeah. in Spanish. Yeah. And some of the stuff she wanted, you'd have to go to like a little mercado, like yeah. an authentic Spanish yeah. um, marketplace. And so I'm like a six foot four white dude walking through this like... Oh. Mexican marketplace where everyone's looking at me like, what is this dude doing here? Trying to find her uh, ceviche, her, her tostadas, her taco. Oh my God. She was the best. Oh, Rosie was the best. But David would literally come home from work. Take off my uniform. Take off her, his uniform. She'd go make dinner, help put Ziggy down. And by the time David went to bed, his uniform was fully washed and folded on the bed for the next day. I was like, is this woman okay? Yeah. The hardest worker. And what's crazy an is... Person. For what we paid her was so little and we were always like, can we pay you more? And she's like, no, I'm literally the top tier of income in Tijuana because obviously it's American dollars. Yeah. So she was bringing home major bucks. Yeah. She was the primary to... provider for her family. Yeah. Like gen- like multiple families. Yeah. She had a multi-generational family in her that house. That she took care of. Yes. yes. She took care mm-hmm. of her mom, her son, her husband. Yep. She was an angel. Her husband was a truck driver. He'd yeah. go all across Mexico driving yeah. trucks during the work week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was that was a, a good year of our lives of I worked was working at Carlsbad, Avery was uh, working as a nurse on graveyard shift. We had a newborn at home with Bianca taking care of her. Rosie. 
All right, I'm sorry. With Rosie, my brain is. Yeah, oops. Bianca's our nanny now. Oops, was I supposed to say that? No, it's okay. No, it's fine. My it's okay. All, we love Bianca. All scrambled all the time. Um, but I think we were just trying to, at that point, after grandpa's passing and us both getting employment, we're trying to establish ourselves in San Diego and start our lives there. And I felt so depressed. It was very depressing. I literally had. I was a brand new mom. I had no friends. I literally had a couple friends here in Arizona that mm-hmm. I would like text and like the Adkins would come visit us. And that was like the happiest I ever was, was yeah. when they came and visited us or I went to Arizona. And they came like once a month. They came all the time. Yeah. And I was working full time night shift while breastfeeding, which is so hard. You were gone all day. You hated your drive because it was like two hours each way. It was so my so parents were like seven hours north in california because you have to drive through la so and then obviously rosie had to stay with us four nights a week so my parents didn't have a place to stay even if they wanted to but i could not get a day shift job i and they told you it was going to be years before you years could. they yeah. told me it was gonna be like probably seven years till i worked yeah. day shift and i was like i feel like i'm missing half my kid's life yeah so we came back for jesse's um graduating the police academy the the academy Mm -hmm. yeah we came back for that and we rented a house in scottsdale and we were like it was the middle of summer so it was super hot yeah and that was part of the reason that we were like we don't know if we want to go back yeah we brought the girls we brought ziggy and we were like we feel so much happier because we're surrounded by our people Mm -hmm. and so when we went back to california we started looking at real estate and we were like yeah, we Should were, we do this? Yeah, we were looking at real estate and trying to figure out, hey, what is there something available to us here? We knew we could sell our home in San Diego pretty easily. Yeah. But we were really weighing the options. Is this what we want to do? We had always talked about wanting to live in San Diego since I was a kid. I always said I was going to move back to San Diego. And, you know, here we were. We were in San Diego. We had a home. We had careers. Um, but we had been there for now. I had been there now for two years. Yeah. We've been there for a year and we just weren't making connections. It just didn't we feel just like were home. empty. It was, yeah, we weren't, we were so busy in life. We weren't able to go to the beach a lot. The friends that I did make lived two hours away because of work. So there was just so much going on that it was making it really difficult for us to stay. Do you remember that one couple we met at Home Goods? They were so cute and they had a little boy the same age as Ziggy. Oh, the MLM people. And we started talking to him and I was like, oh We my talked God. about that for days. We literally, David got his number and I was like, oh my God, we made friends. I'm so excited. David literally gets a text from him that evening and was like, Hey man, so good meeting you. I have a really great business opportunity. It was multi-level marketing. Yeah. It was like Arbon or some shit. And David was like, "Hey man, like we both work full time, so we're not able to help in that regards, but we'd still love to be friends and hang out." And he goes, "Yeah, unless you're going to be a part of this business, I don't want. We're not looking for any friends." Yeah. I was heartbroken. I yeah. was like, I'm yeah. so fucking depressed. I have no yeah, friends. No rough. one wants to be our friend. I was so upset. Yeah. That was the worst. And I was like, fuck this. Let's move back to Arizona. Well, and it just so happened that uh, one of my sergeants that I went through the police academy with reached out to me and, and had said, hey, we're actually going to be hiring officers yeah. back. 
if you're interested in coming back, now would be a good opportunity uh, for you to come. And yeah. it all just lined up that way. Yeah. And, and I was able to get a pick you position, which was my dream job on day shift. Mm-hmm. And it was like so meant to be. Yeah. And then we got this house. So it, it was basically like, do we want to stay in San Diego, barely seeing each other? You're working graveyards. I'm working day shift. We have no friends. We don't have really any family here at all. Mm-hmm. Or do we want to go back to Arizona? You get the shift that you've been dreaming of. We get the house we've been dreaming of. I go back to my previous employer and, and there's all no of our issue friends at are all. here. All our friends are here. All our connections are here. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a no-brainer situation for us. Yeah. And so the only really issue we had was, okay, are we going to be able to sell our house in a timely manner? Because you had to start work in like a month and I had to go back to work in like around the same time yeah. back at, um, at the police department. And so we said, well, let's just see what happens. Let's put our house up for sale. And, and of course it sold practically instantly. We it was had, like three days. Yeah. It sold in three days and we got, we were really, really fortunate that we had multiple offers offers, but the buyer came in and said, Hey, what do you want for this house? Cash? No contingencies, no, um, um, what is it when they check inspections? Mm-hmm. We, I want this house. And we said, here's the price. Cool. Sounds good. Yep. And we were done. Yep. And that was the end of it. Yep. And, and that Ziggy brought us back to Arizona. was just shy of 10 months. And that's yep. when we bought this house. Yep. And here's where we've been. And here's where we've been. And we've been here now for four years. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's just been each year that has gone by has solidified even more so that this is the place where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, Do the summers suck? Yeah, for sure. They suck. It's hot. Do we at times miss San Diego? I don't know. Do you miss San Diego? Not living there. Yeah, I don't miss living there. We've been back and we visited. It actually took us, it took us almost two, it was over two two years years before we actually went back to San Diego, even on a trip. Because we were scared we'd be sad really really scared we thought man if we come back right now and it like hits us we're afraid we may have feel like we've made a mistake and so we waited and then when we did go back it was a great trip we had a wonderful time we stayed in carlsbad but that was it and it actually kind of put it to peace for me at least where i was like i'm i know i'm not supposed to be here i also think we've both grown extensively in our careers and that would have never happened if we were in san diego where we have the opportunity yeah. now to go leave for the summer if we want to and escape the heat or go to San Diego and rent a house on the beach for a week with our kids. Like we have those opportunities because of you moving, <laughs> well, <laughs> moving back to Arizona has really opened the doors for, for our lives. And I don't think we would be in this position if we had stayed. I agree. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've, no matter where you are, I think you were going to be successful with whatever you did. There may have been just a different time frame of how it, you know, came to fruition. But knowing you, are you, you trying to get lucky? Yeah. <laughs> no, just telling the truth. Oh, you're the best. Just telling it how it is. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, we've gotten up to the point of here we are. Um, I mean, we didn't really touch much on the Steebs, little Stevie Lee. But oh. What's there to touch on? You all know her. So yeah, I got a, pregnant. She's a wild demon girl. And, and uh, fun fact, they were supposed to be three years apart. 
and then a few months before we wanted to start trying my iud got embedded in my uterus oh yeah that's right and so she had to rip it out of me which is super fun and cute during the first pandemic of covid because it was so hard to get an ob appointment and she was like do you want me to put another iud in and i was like well we were going to start trying in the next few months anyways and she's like i'll just leave it out yeah just use protection yeah that didn't happen yeah it's not gonna happen and then literally got pregnant instantly yeah so they're two years seven months apart yeah yeah another c-section but scheduled c-section is the way to go for sure that was iconic that was awesome i mean i had to still suffer on that shitty little bed or whatever but are you fucking serious you're gonna all the fathers all the all the fathers out there know my pain that i went through try getting your stomach (laughs) cut open i'm just playing with you i was just throwing it out there you know all the all the memes and stuff the jokes about no i know i just thought you were a better man than that i am a better man can we have one more no i feel like we could do just one more no animals no more babies (sighs) we have scotty Scotty's our Scotty's our adopted son. Yeah, he's our adopted son. Slash my employee. <laughs> slash he employee. Pays, slash husband. He gets, what role does Scotty not fill? He's <laughs> dying with joking in the attack. background. I pay Scotty more allowance than I pay you. That's true, but you spoil me more. I feel like maybe we could just have one more kid. It's imp- how you it's imp- physically impossible. We could get around it somehow. Science is amazing. What get a. Um, um, what are they called? A surrogate? No, I want to be pregnant. What? I love being pregnant. I thought you can't with what's the snip I snip. can. I think we can do artificial insemination. Oh. Stevie what? belongs as a middle child. No, hell no. <laughs> hell no. She's already bad enough. You throw her as a middle child? She's not bad. She's just smart and sassy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think now. if there's anything else we need to touch on, but I'm like, no. uh, our relationship, it's not that like, crazy or special or yeah i think it's just like the background but it's 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 a lot of normalcy don't worry we have a lot more podcast episodes you can be on no this is it this is it this is your last one really last podcast oh yeah you're that's that's never gonna happen if you're not gonna give me another baby then you can be on like five more the fact that i have to get intoxicated at 10 in the morning to be able to you're not even intoxicated well no i'm not I mean, enough to take the edge off. Oh, that's good. This podcast went a little longer than normal, but okay. That's All fine. right. I love you. Thanks for being on. I love you so much. Oh. You're my best friend. Nice doing business with you. Cheers. Cheers. Knuckles. <laughs> Fingers. <laughs>